Hey, it's Andy. Welcome or welcome back to the Woodstock City Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download the Woodstock City Church app where you can access all of our recent message content as well as find out about what's going on around Woodstock City Church. And the app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. But most importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Well, hey, everyone. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Awesome. I want to give a special shout out to the dads in the room. Happy Father's Day. That's right. Yeah, we can clap for our dads. I have a special shout out that I want to give to someone online because my dad lives in Thailand. And so whenever I tell him, hey, dad, I'm going to be, I'm going to be like in the service that day. And then he watched at nine. He's watching now at 11. Hi, dad. Happy Father's Day. I love you. He'll probably watch it like multiple times the rest of this week. So he's a very supportive dad and I really appreciate it. So, and my husband is here. So happy Father's Day, honey. (laughs) So I am just so excited to be with all of you today and to be part of this series with Elaine and Chelsea. We have just really enjoyed getting ready for this time with all of you. So I thought we would start our time together by me asking you a question. So if you could describe your perfect life, what would that look like? How would you tell someone else your idea of just a really great life? Now, I know that's kind of a heavy question to get started on your weekend. So I figured if I was going to ask you the question, I should at least be generous and go first. So my idea of a perfect life Two words, Rosemary Beach. (laughs) Now, if you've ever been to Rosemary, you know exactly why I chose Rosemary Beach. If you've never been, let me just paint the scene for you. Uh, Rosemary, it's on the panhandle of Florida between Panama City and Destin. So if you've ever been to the beach on the Gulf Coast there, you know that water, I can just picture it right now. It's that turquoise blue, it's crystal clear. You don't even need a mask to see the fish. And my kids are like, how would you know you can see the fish? You stay on the white sand the whole entire time. I've got my umbrella, my beach chair, I am great. It's that white sugar sand that's so soft. Oh, I just love it so much. And Rosemary, it's, they call it a master planned community where they planned out every single detail before they started building it. So everything is like beautiful and pristine and they have these grassy quad areas that as a middle-aged person, I'm not even sure what you do on a grassy quad area, but they're beautiful. And the shopping and the restaurants. Now I've only actually stayed in Rosemary one time because if you know the area, if you stay in Rosemary Beach, the price is significantly higher than if you stay next door at Seacrest. So uh, pro tip, Um, then you can just go to the restaurants in Rosemary and you have the best of both worlds. But we've actually stayed there one time. My husband, Tony, and I went there for my birthday about 10 years ago. The only thing we can afford in Rosemary is to stay in a carriage house. And a carriage house is just a really fancy name for the garage apartment. So... We were literally sleeping above the garage of this humongous beach house 
Another family staying next door, we're in the garage, but it was totally worth it. And if you've been to that area recently, you know it's no longer the hidden gem of beaches because apparently everyone between Georgia, Texas, and south of Ohio now goes to 30A. We were just there two weeks ago. Literally, we are sitting in our chairs five rows deep from the beach. And so I'm like, I think I see the water out there. So in my idea of a perfect life, I would actually own Rosemary Beach. Then I don't have to fight with all of you to get the best spot on the beach. I can invite my friends down to the beach and we can each have our own beach mansion. I've got my pool right on the sand. It would be perfect. I can't imagine anything better. Now, you may not be a beach person. I'm not sure why, but you may not be a beach person. And so maybe your idea of the perfect life, you love where you live. You love where you work. You are so glad that you actually get to go into work now. And so if you could just get rid of that commute, you would have the perfect life. So for you, maybe it's a helicopter. I mean, who needs a peach pass when you have a helicopter? (laughs) Or maybe for you, it's actually living in the city. That would be your idea of the perfect life. So New York City is totally your thing. Would you be in an Upper East Side Brownstone or maybe a high rise in the financial district where you have the whole skyline. You've got all the shopping and restaurants, the shows, cultures, Central Park. You've got everything. Can you imagine your perfect life? Can you smell it? I'm at Rosemary Beach, so it smells wonderful. If you are in New York City, then you may not want to smell it. But can you feel it? Now, we've talked a lot over the last couple of weeks about the Apostle Paul. And believe it or not, he had something to say about experiencing a really good life. Now, we actually talk about Paul a lot because he's kind of a big deal He's the greatest missionary who's ever lived and he wrote two thirds of the New Testament and he would write letters to churches that he helped get started and he would remind them of this new identity they have in Christ and kind of remind them, hey, this is how you can live now in light of who you are in Jesus. And he actually wrote a letter to the people in the province of Galatia And he talked about how to experience the good life. So let's see what Paul has to say about it because he seemed pretty smart, had a lot of influence. So here's what Paul says in Galatians. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Yeah, I would imagine we don't need any laws against goodness and faithfulness and kindness. We could use a little more than that of that, right? Paul actually uses words that should describe how we experience this life. He didn't talk about what has to happen to us for us to have a really great life. And he didn't talk about where we have to experience these things. He seemed to think 
that we can actually experience this life here and now. We described a place. You probably came up with a place. I mean, I led you there a little bit, right? But we described a place because we experience those things when we're there. I mean, that's why I talked about Rosemary, because I experienced things that Paul talked about. He said, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I think that's what we're looking for when we talk about this perfect life. It's what we experience in our idea of a great life. Now, I'm not a counselor, but I would imagine that what you think you want, it's because it produces those things that Paul talked about. Now, I talked about rosemary because I experience all of the stuff that Paul said is possible, except maybe not self-control because the restaurants are really good in Rosemary, but all the rest of the stuff. I experience all of those things when I'm at Rosemary Beach. But I mean, we do kind of experience the things that Paul said is possible that should define our life. We experience those for fleeting moments in our everyday life, don't we? I mean, I experience good moments I try to wake up an hour minimum before anyone else in my house. Now, if you don't have a lot of alone time, I highly recommend getting in a rhythm of waking up before everyone else in your house because that is a moment of just peace. I'm not thinking about all I have to do that day. I'm just gonna get up and enjoy the time, the peace and the quiet by myself. And when I have set the coffee to, well, let me be honest, my husband has set the coffee the night before for it to brew. And then when I come downstairs in the morning and I've got two cups of coffee just waiting for me, that is a moment of goodness. And then maybe I might be able to be kind to whoever it was that left the lights on in the kitchen the entire night because I've had two cups of coffee in an hour by myself, so it's wonderful. Or maybe I experience moments when I'm at Costco and I'm running in for just two things. I just need kale salad and croissants, that's all I need. And so I get up to the checkout line and even the self-checkout is just full of people. So I think I have chosen the line that's gonna be the shortest, but again, I have managed to pick the slowest line. I mean, how is it even possible that I do that every single time. But every once in a while, I can be patient. And then by the time I get up there, maybe I'll be kind to the person who's checking me out. Now your moments probably look different than my moments look, although Costco, you'll probably be there at 1230 today with everyone else in Woodstock. So maybe your moments look different than mine but I'm pretty sure you experience fleeting moments of the things that Paul says is possible in our life. But our life experience, it's kind of taught us that the life that Paul said is possible. Eh. I mean, is it really possible other than just moments? I mean, we spend a lot of time and energy chasing those moments, right? But Paul says, no, with your identity in Christ, you can actually experience these things each day throughout the day. 
for the last two weeks, we've been talking about what it looks like to experience our identity in Christ. And that has been really helpful for me. I really appreciated and learned a lot from what Elaine and Chelsea shared. But then my follow-up question is, how do I experience this moment by moment, not just for fleeting moments? So that's what I want us to spend our time today talking about. How do we experience our new identity in Christ, not just for a moment, but what if it could define our life? Paul seemed to think it was possible, and if it is, I wanna figure that out. So let's go back and just read one more time what Paul said, because if you're like me, you totally missed the secret that Paul gave us for experiencing this good life. Here's what Paul said one more time. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. See, Paul's saying this good life that we're after, it's actually possible because the Holy Spirit, when you put your faith in Jesus, you received the Holy Spirit to live in you. And Paul's saying this good life that you want that you would use to describe what you're after, what you experience when you're on vacation or in your ideal setting, he says it's actually possible because the Holy Spirit lives in you and he produces these things in your life. Now that's not obvious to us. We put our faith in Jesus and we kind of forget that we received the Holy Spirit. But Jesus he said the same thing that Paul did. See, before Jesus left his disciples, he knew what was coming. He knew he was going to be crucified, but he also knew what was coming next. And he was trying to prepare his disciples for what they were going to experience. They didn't really get what Jesus was saying, but here's what Jesus said before he was crucified. And he was trying to tell his disciples what to expect. I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. So Jesus said, hey, I'm going to leave you. But when I leave, God the Father He's going to send the Spirit of God to be my representative on this earth. Jesus came and he showed us what it looks like to live in this broken world, to love God and to love other people. And he taught his disciples a lot while he was here. And he said, actually, the Holy Spirit, he's even better than that because he's going to be with you. And he's going to teach you just like I taught you. And he's going to be there to remind you of everything you've learned. So the Holy Spirit is always with you to teach you and remind you. Now, we know we have to be taught. We know that when we learn something, oh, I wish I could just learn it one time and check the box. Okay, got that under my belt. But that's not really the way it works. You learn something and then you have to be reminded constantly and repeatedly. 
Now, this may be a little bit offensive, so just go with me for just a minute. Have you ever been around a toddler? Yeah, you've probably been around toddlers, especially the dads in the, in the room. Toddlers, I mean, they're just so cute. They're actually my favorite. I, whenever I volunteer in Wombaland, I wanna be in the toddler's room. I think there's something wrong with me because they can't fully communicate yet, but they have minds of their own. They think at 18 months, they have figured out how to live. They want things done their way and they want to control everything, don't they? But we know better because we have life experience. And so we try to teach toddlers how to live. And then we have to remind them. We have to show them, we have to guide them, and then we have to remind them over and over and over and over. See, when we put our faith in Jesus and we receive our new identity, we're kind of like spiritual toddlers. We have to be taught how we are to live, even in this broken world. How do we live? How do we live to love God and love other people? But thankfully, we don't have to figure this out on our own because God sent his spirit to live in us. And the Holy Spirit is always with you to teach you and remind you. Now the Holy Spirit, he's always with you, but here's the kicker. You get to decide if you want to let the Holy Spirit lead you you get to decide. It's not like he just all of a sudden takes over your body and you're operating on autopilot. Sometimes we kind of wish that we could do that, right? But that's just not the way it works because God is relational. He wants to have a relationship with you. And so you get to choose if you want to let the Holy Spirit lead you. Do you want to let the Holy Spirit teach you and remind you? You get to decide. So the question is, are you going to let him? Are you going to let the Holy Spirit teach you and remind you? Now, things don't work out the way I want them to work out when I'm the one in control of everything. As much as I think it will work out my way, it just doesn't. That's just not how life works, right? So if Paul says the life that I actually want is possible, when I allow the Holy Spirit to lead me and Jesus says he's available to teach me and remind me, then okay, count me in, I'll try it your way. But then I have a follow-up question because my husband says I always have a follow-up question. My follow-up question is, how do I do that? How do I let the Holy Spirit teach me and remind me? There's probably a lot of different things that you could do to put this into practice, but I just wanna share two things with you that have helped me remember that the Holy Spirit is always with me and he is there to teach me and remind me. So the first thing is spend time getting to know God. If you're gonna have a relationship with anyone, you have to spend time getting to know them. So get to know God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, what is true about God? What are his attributes? What is true about me as someone who has her identity in Christ? So for me, it has been easiest or most helpful for me to spend time reading the firsthand accounts of Jesus. Like from people who actually spent time with Jesus 
We call them the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, and John, they actually followed Jesus around and they wrote down what they saw. Luke, he interviewed a bunch of people that followed Jesus around and he wrote down what they saw. And so Jesus showed us he's fully God and he's fully human. So I'm gonna go with whatever Jesus said, right? So if I read the firsthand accounts of Jesus's life, I get to learn what it looks like to actively love God and to love people. And when you do that, you can literally ask the Holy Spirit, I'm not really sure how this works, but can you teach me what it looks like to follow Jesus? So the first thing is spend time getting to know God. The second thing I would recommend you do is to pray. Now, I'm sure no one in this room is surprised that you came to church on Sunday and it was recommended that you pray. But here's what I want you to pay attention to. Prayer is both talking and listening to God. When you put your faith in Jesus, you probably started talking to God. Maybe if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, there has probably been a time in your life when you have talked to God. But how often do you sit and wait to hear from God? And for some of you, you're thinking, I don't even know what that means. Is he actually going to talk to me? It's probably not gonna be an audible voice. I mean, God can do anything. I'm convinced of that. That's just not how he chooses normally to connect with us. So when I say wait to hear from God, I'm talking about a thought or a feeling, a nudge that you are so confident did not come from inside you because I can promise you that I would not have the confidence or the peace to stand up here on this stage if I wasn't confident that God was with me or that he had asked me to do something like this. So it's something that comes from outside of you where if it were left up to you, that's not what you would have thought. And you know what, whenever I have a question where I feel like, okay, is this something that God is teaching me or God is saying to me, and I'm unsure, I like to ask a friend who I know is following Jesus, who has spent time getting to know God, because God is consistent. He is always the same. He is truth. And so whatever he has revealed to us in scripture, it's going to line up with things that he tells you. So if I'm ever unsure, I ask someone else, hey, this is what I feel like God is saying to me. Does that line up with what you think God would say? So spend time getting to know God and spend time praying and listening to what God has to say to you. And I think as you let the Holy Spirit lead you, as you invite him to teach you and remind you, I think you'll start to notice that some of these things that Paul said was possible that should be what we experience with our identity in Christ, I think you'll notice slowly over time that your life experience will begin to change, not because your life suddenly got easier, in spite of your circumstances. I believe you will slowly experience this good life that Paul says is possible. 
And it's probably not gonna be like all of a sudden the whole list, yep, checking the boxes. That's just not how it works because we're not usually willing to give up that much control, but we might be willing in one area or another. And I think slowly over time, other people will actually notice it before you even notice it in yourself. Maybe you're not quite as quick-tempered as you used to be. Some might even say you're patient. Or maybe a friend points out that you're just not this like constant state of stress like you used to be. And it's not because your life got easier. You're actually facing one of the most difficult seasons that you have ever experienced in your life. But you have a peace about you. It's almost irrational because you have a confidence and a hope that God is always with you. Now, Paul's not saying that you're responsible for doing the joy. You're responsible for doing the faithfulness. That's not what he says, right? He said, it's the Holy Spirit in you. When you put your faith in Jesus and you received the Holy Spirit, he's in you and it will be an overflowing of this relationship that you are growing in. You're not responsible for producing the stuff. You're responsible for staying connected to God. And it's the Holy Spirit that will produce this life that I think we're all after. If you let the Holy Spirit teach you and remind you, if you acknowledge that he is always with you, then I think that sounds like a really good life. The list that Paul gave us, yes, that's what I want. It's not just a good life. I actually think, That's a great life. A great life is available to you when you follow the Holy Spirit living inside you. Now, I know that this is a little bit easier said than done. It sounds amazing, but it sounds a little too good to be true, doesn't it? And I know this struggle firsthand, even over the last month, as Chelsea, Elaine, and I have been preparing for this series, as soon as we started meeting, all three of us were so excited to spend this time with you. And we were so excited to share this truth with you about living out our identity in Christ. And I knew from the very beginning that I wanted us to talk about the Holy Spirit because I don't know how to live this out any other way. I actually don't think it's possible. The problem is, I just couldn't write talk about it. We would meet, we would do all the things you do to prepare a talk like this one, and it just wasn't working. And the more time that passed, the more stressed I got, the more anxious I got. I hadn't slept through the night basically since this started. I had ulcers in my mouth, mouth I was a mess. And I know a lot of you in this room, you're thinking, yeah, if I had to stand up on that stage and talk to a room full of people, especially about this stuff, yeah, I'd be stressed too. That makes total sense to me. But that's not the way I'm wired. I actually enjoy talking to people and sharing with people what I'm learning about following Jesus. This was something that I hadn't experienced this level of stress as we were preparing for this series. And then it occurred to me, I was trying to write a message, an actual message about the Holy Spirit. And I was trying to do it by myself. And when I realized that's what I was doing, 
I literally prayed and I asked the Holy Spirit to remind me what is true. To remind me what is true about my identity in Christ. And I asked him to remind me that he would be with me as I prepared this message and as I stand up here today. And from that moment forward, I experienced a peace that I've actually never experienced when I've communicated before. Yes, I enjoy talking about what I'm learning about following Jesus, but I have never fully surrendered in the way that I did because I knew I had to be dependent on him to do it. And I experienced peace. I went to sleep that night for the first time in a month. I slept through the night. And when I woke up the next day, it's not like this was all written. That's just not how it works. But I was confident that some way, somehow the Holy Spirit would guide me and lead me. He would work through the people in my life and he would remind me of what is true. And what I have found time and time again, when I let the Spirit of God who lives in me, who is always with me, when I allow him to lead me, I experience more of what I'm after in all areas of my life. As a spouse, as a parent, as an employee, as someone living through a global pandemic, the things that Paul said are possible, I experience more of those things. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I think that sounds like a pretty great life to me. So back to you. Are you experiencing the good life that Paul says is available to you with your identity in Christ? Would the people who know you best, would they use those words to describe you? I would encourage you to invite the Holy Spirit. Ask him, I'm not even sure what this means. I'm not sure how to do it but I trust you. Would you teach me? Would you remind me how we are to live in this broken world, to love God and to love other people? Imagine just for a moment, if the words that Paul uses to describe the life available to you in Christ was true about your life, no matter your circumstances. You can experience a great life when you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, when you allow him to teach you and remind you, when you follow his leading in your life, I am confident that you will experience the fruit of the spirit that Paul says is available to you. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this truth. I thank you that you love us so much, that you made a way that we could have a relationship with you, not just later on, but here and now. And I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to make that possible 
But I also thank you that you didn't leave us in this world to struggle through it on our own. Thank you for your spirit who is always with us and is available to teach us and remind us. Father, we love you and we pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen.